Ready to revolutionize your higher ed marketing game? Yes! Well, then don't miss out on Element 451's Engage Summit, June 27 and 28. Explore the cutting-edge world of education and AI technology and unleash your creativity like never before. Register today at engage.element451.com and use promo code EDUP50 for $50 off. The Global Gathering for Educators and Institutions is here. Anthology Together is where inspiration, connection, networking, and ed tech insight and innovation intersect into the premier event destination for the global education community. Registration is open. Go to anthologytogether.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time that up on the Edup Experience podcast, where we make education your business, Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you here on another episode of EdUp. One of the one of my elusive uh, guests, as I call them, uh, where you uh, schedule, then they cancel because of a sick kid, and then I have to cancel. I think I canceled first, actually, because if I had a sick kid or kids, I think at the time, takes a while, but eventually we get there. Um, we have to align some schedules, and you know, we it's like uh, taking your at bats in baseball. You know, you're never gonna you're never gonna hit every one, but we eventually get it right. What's happening in the news today, if you've been watching, one interesting fact came out. For those of you that are familiar with the Common App, Common App came out with a report that says that the majority of transfer students um, are, uh, are not from the lower income uh, communities. They are your wealthier students that are transferring, well, between wealthier institutions, if you will. What an amazing phenomenon. The, the, the um, article was written as if we couldn't figure that out. As if uh, we didn't know what we were doing in higher ed, that you would have your wealthier students transfer to um, to uh, colleges and universities that apparently have um, low admit rates, which, of course, what's a big problem in higher ed is it's who you exclude that somehow gives you some level of authority or brand, not who you include. That ain't going to work here on the Edup Experience podcast. We're about including as many people as we can. One of the people we are including is uh, actually the CEO, president of one of my favorite institutions in the U.S. Uh, I'm going to bring him on the mic right now. He's Jordy Hyland. He's the president at the American College of Education. Jordy, what's happening? Uh, not much, but to appreciate you having me on. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Well, Jordy, if you didn't know, and well, if you didn't know, then you haven't been listening. And why would you be listening to this episode? But if you are listening to this episode, then you would know that Jordy was a guest. Uh, we had his episode come out. Now, what will be about four weeks ago when you hear this, uh, and he got to talk all about the American College of Education. And one of the most um, uh, unique things about uh, ACE, uh, Jordy, is that you don't do any Title IV, and that all the students are as a pay-as-you-go model, which, as we talk about who you include, hey, if you want to pay and you have the potential to succeed academically, you know, I know ACE can help you. For sure. No, and I appreciate you saying that, and um, I think... Uh... You know, we think of ourselves as a, a very differentiated model and really just trying to provide uh, a great service to students. Speaking of differentiation, um, this is a hot topic. Um, how do you differentiate your model if, well, if you don't have something so clear as not being a Title IV campus, uh, like Jordy has at ACE, then you are a Title IV granting institution. You have programs just like the next school has programs. You probably have the same programs or like programs. What sets your institution apart? What are you doing different? And why should you do something different? And how do you tell your story? If you can't answer those questions, 
then you probably won't have as many students as you want to have. Um, and that brings me to why I, my guest is here. I'm asking, hint, hint, hint. He's going to answer all those questions and more. Here he is, and I'm going to hope I get his name right. John Azzoni, a, a beautiful last name, by the way. Owner and executive producer at Unveiled. John, how are you? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for the introduction. You, you nailed my last name. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> Mine's Salustio. You know how many people don't nail that? So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, but uh, I appreciate it when they do. John, talk to us about what Unveiled is, what you do, how you do it, and then we'll get into it. Sure. Yeah. Unveiled is my um, uh, video production company. Um, and we work with, uh, we decided to focus specifically on higher education um, and, and working with higher ed marketing teams on helping them automate their video storytelling. Because, I mean, I've, I've worked in uh, video production for over a decade, and I know that a lot of different clients in different industries have this problem of wanting to put out more volume, uh, not only more volume of videos, but more um, quality, more like emotional storytelling. Um, but there's there's roadblocks in the way. So so we've created a, a subscription model that kind of removes a lot of those roadblocks. Um, we, we help find the, the stories to tell. Um, we, uh, we assign a crew to, um, to that, to that school to do, we shoot a year's worth of content. Um, and, and then we just drip that out, uh, every month, uh, to the school. So it's a whole package of videos. They'll get 11 videos uh, per month. So like one full story and then a bunch of like repurposed content that they can use from that story, um, every month. So it ends up being like 132 videos uh, per year. And, you know, we take care of all this nitty gritty scheduling and stuff like that, that, that marketing teams uh, hate to do. I think that's probably one of the biggest um, barriers to video production is just all the cats you have to herd. Um, so we, we've developed a process that kind of makes that easy. And yeah. Amazing. Okay. So here's the first question I have. Um, out of everything that you said, those are those details are amazing. I want to talk about all those. But you said we decided or you decided to focus on higher education. That is very atypical of of a, a company in most of the general sense, because higher education comes. First of all, let me just say marketing and higher education across the board. And I think there are exceptions doesn't necessarily have the oomph or the seat at the table that it, it has in other industries. Marketing is at the table there. Everything's being driven through marketing and higher ed marketing has been an afterthought and i think until recently uh, universities and colleges didn't even feel they had to do it so mm -hmm. really focusing a business in higher ed with with that and then two there's barriers there's funding barriers there's i don't know um uh, wants and need barriers it's slow moving or can be the decision the sales cycle why did you decide to get in and focus your business within higher education uh, a couple of reasons now that and... i laid out all the reasons you shouldn't have done it yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm going to change my whole business model. No longer higher education. <laughs> um, no, a couple of reasons. One, I worked at a production company for over a decade where I was creative director for most of that. And we had um, a few different uh, colleges that we worked with, uh, Ross School of Business at University of Michigan, and then some smaller um smaller colleges and i and i just kind of noticed the pattern of the the type of stuff we we were doing for them that was effective which was the you know student stories like student success stories um and i liked doing that stuff um and then at the same time i had a freelance client which was um baker college here in michigan um and they were giving me so much work that i <laughs> 
eventually was like, I, I got to go do my own thing, I think, here. And uh, so I naturally was like, all right, well, I've got Baker College. I'll try to get, you know, do, do more of that and see if, see if this need kind of translates to other schools. And it turns out it did as I started having conversations with marketing teams. What I really wanted to do was like, not just start guessing, you know, just start like sending emails and saying, hey, anyone want video? Anyone want video? But I really wanted to like talk and get, get data from, uh, you know, marketing directors at colleges on what is actually their problems um, and, and, you know, how can someone come in and help? And so I, in those conversations, realized that just automating this, this process of storytelling was going to be, was going to be the key um, and that I could have a, you know, have a place there. Um, and that, and that, and then really that a lot of schools are wanting to tell more stories and they realize that they're not doing it enough. Um, you know, as you're saying, marketing is, is kind of coming to the to more to the forefront in higher education. And with that, I think um, a lot of marketing teams are starting to see and understand why their traditional view of marketing wasn't working or isn't working. And, and that's, and which would, which would be just like kind of like pitching the school to students. Here's all the features and benefits. Here's where small class sizes, we have great professors and, and blah, blah, blah. But those are the same things that everyone else is saying. And so now they're saying, well, how do we differentiate ourselves? And storytelling is one of the ways that you can do that because no, you know, when you have a student or alumni and that's sharing a very specific story um, around some area of impact that the school made on their life, like no other school can claim that story. Um, and, you know, and so it resonates emotionally and uh, it's just something I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about. So that's, that's been, man, uh, I originally started with, higher education and nonprofits, because um, I, I had done and I still do a lot of work with um, uh, a nonprofit that does uh, uh, pro bono legal services for human trafficking survivors. So I tell a lot of human trafficking survivor stories um, and then just decided, you know, let's focus, let's focus on one. <laughs> well, good so, for you, by the way. Yeah. Um, and Jordy, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, uh, when I came to Lindenwood, I mean, in my career, it's been a very non-traditional career. I've worked both for-profit and non-profit. And I came into mm -hmm. Lindenwood, which um, already was thinking about upping its marketing budget. And somebody asked me, well, how much should we spend? And I said, well, it's about, you know, if you look at it all in, admissions, marketing, so on, maybe like 20% of your gross revenue you really want to think about for marketing. And I just, I mean, you can talk about Jaws hitting the floor. <laughs> um, because that you couldn't uh, people here in a traditional sense those that were tr in a traditional nature and come up through the traditional ranks could not understand that you know a million dollar budget or a five hundred thousand dollar budget and you're a hundred million dollar institution made sense to them and i said it should be 20 million and they went what are you talking about that's insane <laughs> yeah. uh, but jordy you asked me how are you going to know it's your turn and so i, I brought this in for you no okay it's your turn oh my turn okay yeah that's yeah, that's I just pretty wanted you to know, Thank so you. I <laughs> great well um so it's uh, a good segue actually john because you mentioned that the, the the data and how you work with uh, the prospective clients to help them understand the, the data. And I assume there's a lot of discussions, as Joe mentioned, around what scale of investment and the, the impact of storytelling. So love to hear more about just how, um, uh, I guess the types of data that, that you look at and how you think about articulating the impact of, of the storytelling to, to clients. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess maybe data is a, is a, is, is a bigger word than <laughs> what it was. It really was really just me. Uh, having phone call conversations with um, a bunch of marketing directors at different schools, but really trying to figure out what they're, you know, mainly what they're, what they're, um, 
uh, pain points were. And so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I started. Um, and something surprised me. Um, and then, so, <laughs> and then some things were just confirming what I already, uh, what I already felt like would be the case from working with a lot of, I think a lot of marketing teams have common um, pain points when it comes to video as yeah. you know, other organizations in any industry. Um, True. It's expensive. It's, it's, yeah. it can be expensive. It's, it's a pain to hire a, a video vendor that video vendor comes in, it's not going to understand your brand, right? It's always a risk of like, I'm going to get this, I'm going to spend all this money and then get this video. And it's like, it's not right. It's not, you know, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to know those things um, going in. So I wasn't just spinning my wheels, you know, as a, as a business owner. And so we've really built the business kind of around, uh, around the things that I learned in those conversations, which were, which were super helpful. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Go back to this one year's worth of content. So if I get the model right, you do you go in over a period of time then and you're recording just what countless hours of of video and then you're chopping it up over another period of time, putting it into some kind of social media or, or a release schedule of uh, can you talk more about how the how of how, how it's, you actualize and get to that point? Sure. It's, um, it's 12 stories for the year. So the school will, will locate, you know, 12, 12 stories they want to tell. So, uh, we'll do it's six days of production. We'll shoot two stories in a day. Um, and so we typically will do three days at the front of the, um, engagement, uh, you know, try to try to group them together. So it, you really try, we want to make it easy so that we're all, all of us are just putting in the work in a one sort of bubble of time, and we're getting a lot of return out of that rather than every month wondering what we're going to shoot that month. Um, and when you say story, is this a student story? Is it like a student journey that you're so, so an individual student journey is a story? Yes. Uh, student, uh, student impact story, alumni story, alumni that are out doing cool things, starting businesses and, you know, that kind of stuff. The, the stuff that, you know, prospective students would watch and be like, oh, I want that to be my story. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So we, uh, so we, so we shoot half of the, half of them. So three days of production, six stories at, uh, in the first half of the year. And then we, we save the, the other three days of production, uh, for midway through, um, the engagement, just in case we need to kind of like course correct a little bit or messaging changes and things like that. Um, and also it, it kind of alleviates, like it would be very overwhelming for a school to go from zero to finding 12 compelling stories. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that's how, that's how that works. And then, so we have all the, all that content in the, in the can, we should, we do an interview with the student or alumni. We shoot a lot of, you know, B-roll the extra footage that, that fits with what they're saying. Um, and then we have that stuff in the can and then we're just editing all year long. So every month they get, um, we, you know, the first of the month, they're getting this full, like two to three minute uh, story. Um, and then they're getting a 30 second cut down of that and a 15 second cut down of that for social, whatever. And then we'll take, we'll take like eight, eight or 10 of the questions and repurpose those into like extra content. So we'll talk about things. We'll ask them. It's like, while we got you sitting here, let's ask you about scholarships. Let's ask you about career development opportunities, housing, whatever, whatever it is we work with the school on what those things are that they like to promote. And uh, we asked the student that specifically for these topical videos. And so they get eight of those. Um, 
just students, student after student, just kind of touching on the same things that they want to uh, uh, to talk about. So I have um, University of San Diego Canal School of Business that we just um, we just uh, we just broke ground with uh, a few weeks ago. One of the ways that they're using those topical videos is to they're going to collect a lot a lot of them and then create these sort of mashup videos to where it's like okay, let's get six of these students talking about scholarships. And then it's just boom, 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 kind of cutting back and forth. So we really work with the school to customize the arrangements so that it works for them and works for their internal video team, works with what they're already trying to do rather than against what they're trying to do. So yeah, that's, does that make sense? All right. Well, that was impressive. I, I do. It makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and Jordan, I'll pass it back to you in a sec, but I just want to note, as somebody who is over uh, marketing at their institution here, I, I do uh, all enrollment and marketing. Video is hard. It's not, 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 it's what is it that I want to shoot? What is the, the um, investment of my team? Even if we can get all that done, getting it produced and then getting it right. And then it goes in and, in and out. And all of a sudden it's a month later or two months later, three months later. It's like I, the whole point of why I wanted the video is now gone because mm -hmm. something has changed in my team's, you know, so getting it flipped around and getting it cut up, because that will happen to me. It's like, oh, I've got this two minute video. I really like it. Can you cut this down into a 15 second or 30 second? Oh, well, we've got to reformat this or redo that. It, it can get very frustrating. And the future is video, right? Everybody's on TikTok. Everybody's on Instagram. You're on Reels and you're flicking it up uh, every three seconds. And so there has to be an engaging video to hook you um anyway that's just my two cents jordy as i kick it to you yeah well just just on that note i i know it's um you always hear about how people's attention spans are uh, decreasing um and how it's difficult to tell a story um in a shorter amount of time than a longer amount of time uh to be concise um so i'd be interested just how you how you think about the the length of your your videos to um uh to combat those those trends yeah, I mean, so we try, we, we have a structure that is just kind of a um, uh, sort of a three-part structure that we try to follow whenever we can, which is um, there was some sort of old normal, there was some sort of turning point in their story, and then now there's this new normal. So we try to, we try to, that kind of anchors the whole structure of the, of the longer video, let's talk about. And then, uh, then we're also conscious of like, where, where are they using these? If they're primarily going to use these on a program page, um, it's less important to like really have some catchy hook um, or something like that, because the students on that page probably with the intent of considering that program. Uh, but if it, if you're just if they're just you know trying to get in the sea of you know the flow of content and, and get people to stop, we're really we're really focusing on what are some going to be some of those um, some of those hooks. So for instance, not starting the video with "Hi, my name is Jessica Sanders and I'm a grad and a, this is my major and." Blah, blah blah you know that's how well, so many videos start you know people yeah. schools love to get their president in there and then they say you know I, it, countless times to say well we, we have to have him introduce himself right at the front or we have to show our logo right at there i just had a whole conversation with a school yesterday about why it's not a good idea that we show their logo at the front of the video and the back of the video because like <laughs> people will see your logo bye you know, bookend, bookend the video with our logo on the website because <laughs> they need it right. But you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah, it's I'm not interested in this right now. It gives them a reason to swipe right off. 
yeah so that's we keep those things in mind and and um you know there's every school is different in how they're going to deploy these videos um, but we do try to make them punchy we try to make them kind of upbeat lighthearted. um and then you know we do the 30 second cut down and the 15 second cut down and those inherently will be better for social than a two to three minute uh video um but the other thing that we do is we give the school all of the b-roll and all of the interview footage that we shot and so um we are we celebrate uh, you know when they have a internal videographer that can make use of all that stuff because they can come up with additional social content that's catchier that's maybe vertical that's you know turned into like some like a meme card with like the you know the text at the top and then it has something going on in the, in the vertical video you know all kinds of possibilities that you can have when you have the this nice footage you know to work with um so that's kind of uh that's kind of how we 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 do some of the we do some of the stuff with the intent for social and for grabbing people's attention but we know there's probably a lot more that can be done with that footage uh in-house as they experiment with their social media strategy got it make, makes sense don't settle for average marketing strategies. Join us at the Element 451 Engage Summit, June 27 and 28, and discover how to harness the power of AI technology in higher ed marketing, connect with industry leaders, explore cutting-edge technologies, and future-proof your marketing strategy. Use promo code EDUP50 for $50 off. Register now at engage.element451.com. Their premier ed tech event is right around the corner. Epic. Anthology Together is the destination for visionaries, educators, and learners ready to unleash the power of education technology. EdUp will be on site for the thought-provoking keynotes, peer-driven discussions, and unparalleled networking opportunities. We guarantee you will leave inspired and connected. You don't want to miss it. Book your tickets to Nashville for AT23, July 17th to July 20th. Register today at anthologytogether.com. What do you do with online schools? A fully online, 100% online school that says, hey, we want to celebrate our students too, but boy, they're in Texas, Florida, California, and Dubai. You know, how do we, how do we tell that story? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I haven't, um, I haven't ran into that too much yet where they're, uh, they're all over the place. Um, so I think I that's probably on there. I'm sure I will hit a school where it's like they're they're kind of all over uh, the the schools that I work with um, lately. Their alumni are relatively in the same area, and we try to str strategize, um, you know, grouping them together so that we can get two in this certain area on on a day. Um, the challenge, though, with with online uh, schools is like making that look interesting because the story might be interesting and the impact of the story might be interesting but what online school looks like is sitting at a computer you know and so uh and so we don't want like all of the b-roll to just be them you know typing uh you know looking at a zoom call or, or what or whatever it is so so we're we have to kind of get creative about like okay what it, what are they doing with that learning you know where does that where does that learning play out in their lives? Does it play out at their the place of employment? Uh, does it play out in their homes? You know, maybe the story is more about flexibility of online school, and so we're we're we've done a video where we focus more on the family and they the, the they get to be with their family while they're pursuing, you know, this degree with a full time job. So they have to get create online school is its own little tricky beast, but um, 
but yeah, we, we just, we, we try to do our best to, to, and we can always like, we always customize the scope, you know, if we have to film, you know, somebody in a totally different location, that's always an option. It's just a little more expensive that way. I like what you said though, because you started to tell me tell the story there. If you think about online learning and telling that story, it is as much about where they're doing the learning is it, it, as it is about that they're doing that they're ha you know doing the learning. Is that a thing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> engaging in the learning, right? It's they flipped they flipped open their uh, their computer at their kitchen table, and two hours later they're running by Starbucks and stopped in and grabbed a coffee and flipped flipped open their computer and then later in the day they're sitting in the car their kids dance class and they i'm telling my own personal story by the way yeah. kid, you know and they flip open their computer because they can do work and i did that for my doctorate I, that's how i did it so that tells a story about it's wherever you are or it's how you make it so i mean yeah, I, th I think you're totally right and it's about intent how do you intend to use the video that designs that video right so you so are schools aware when you, they talk to you like, okay, we want to do video, John, we want to create some videos and you go, okay, well, where do you want to use these? We have no idea. We have no idea. We're not sure. We just know we need video. Is that how it starts out or is there more in clear intent from the school? Typically by, by the time someone is really intent on, on working with me, they, they've got a strategy where this fits into and they've run it by, you know, all the, the higher ups and they've gotten, you know, they, they've said, you know, this is, this is worth considering. Um, I haven't ran into a school yet. That was just like, ah, we need, we need video, but we don't know what should be in those videos. We just need people moving images, moving on screen set to a song, you know, <laughs> um, I haven't experienced that level of like ambiguity or whatever, but, um, but, you know, there's varying levels of, of, of strategy. You have, you have a lot of um, schools that, uh, really are just trying to their, their focus is being more consistent on on you know social media for example and so um, having content to deploy on an almost daily basis or to schedule out so that they're not thinking about it every day that for them is is a big win you know even if that's not like oh this is this is like high converting strategy you know it's working it's it's you know but even if the win is just getting the content out there and being consistently in front of prospective students. I think that that's uh, it for them. For others, uh, other schools I've worked with, they have, they, they're running paid ads, they're running retargeting ads. Um, I worked with a school um, here in Michigan that uh, was really interesting. We'd shout a commercial for them because um, we do, we do like, you know, we do, we do the stories, but you know, we do commercials and stuff as well. We shot this commercial for them, their business school, it aired on TV and then they were able to track um, the IP addresses from people that saw that ad and then, and then go and serve them ads on social. And well, I talked to him like a month after we, we uh, launched that and he's like, yeah, we've already gotten like uh, 20 new students just beautiful that we can pin to that commercial, you know? So you have schools like that that are like really savvy. Um, it ranges. <laughs> Jordy. What do you find are the, the themes that resonate the, the most in, um, in the, the storytelling? Is it, um, you know, great instruction? Is it the student activities? Um, is it the job afterwards? Um, what, what are the, um, the, the stories that, that you're really trying to, to pull out often? Are there trends among the schools or it just varies? Uh, um, I think, I think, well, I, I, I think as prospective students, they, they are looking at school wondering, 
you know, what am I going to do with this degree? And, and am I going to get a job? Where can I see myself end up? And so I think those are important. You know, what what are people doing with their degrees? Um, but there's a lot of like, there's a lot of the, uh, like the why involved. So when, I, when we're, when my directors are, are working with, uh, you know, interviewing a, a student, um, I, you know, th they know to like ask questions that are below the surface. You, you, if you, if you have a student or alumni in front, uh, alum in front of you, the obvious questions to ask are like, you know, why did you like the school? Tell me about the professors. Tell me about the class sizes, things, things real like sort of features and benefits kind of questions. But we, what we try to get at is like, what's, um, what else is there that what, what is there that's in your head that you're not saying that's going to really resonate with people. So I was sitting with a, a young woman um, at a Cleary university. We we're doing a, her fo focus of her story was to, to, was to market the residence halls, like the dorms that they have these like, cool, cool apartments and stuff. Um, and she wasn't really giving me a whole lot of like emotion. Um, but uh, I asked her like, tell me something that was, a, a, a struggle for you like just real open-ended question and she started talking about how home homesick she was you know uh coming to Cleary and um and how just the environment of Cleary like she she felt like she knew everybody on her dorm floor within the first week and everyone was saying hi to her and she just felt like she's a really extroverted person and so that really resonated with her and so it's kind of those moments that that you know we look for is like What's where, where, where are those moments of like vulnerability, you know, that we can include in, into these stories. And sometimes that's hard. Like sometimes, sometimes, you know, a, a good and useful video is just um, the student saying, I wanted to be a cook. Uh, I've always, I always cooked with my grandma growing up. So I joined the culinary program at such school and it's great. And I'm going to be a cook when I graduate, you know, there's not, I mean, that's good information. And we get a lot of good visuals out of that. You know, um, yeah. sometimes it just, we don't try to like force a story like, okay, tell me yeah. who's, who's gotten terminally <laughs> ill in your, in your life. Then how can we connect oh, that gosh. to college? You know, I don't mean to laugh, but... <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's all different. I, I find like the themes with like online school though, are definitely this um, family, like people with families, that are working full time and trying to fit in, um, you know, an advanced degree around that. And so, and that comes in many forms. We've done a story where there's two uh, husband and wife were full time police officers, um, and then the school partnered with the uh, Detroit Police Department to do um, schools like you know right there at the at the police department. Um, and then other other times where it's like this this one woman she was just miserable in her job just completely completely miserable she'd worked there for like 20 years and she had just had it and she you know and then the story was really about um the flexibility that uh baker college allowed her in online school to get her master's degree and now now she's in a job that she loves so it's kind of yeah. usually those kind of those are kind of the themes at least with online school yeah makes sense thank you you know what I, I, you know what I like about this, John, and I was talking about this yesterday with a different guest. Higher education, and Jordy, you're gonna, I think you'll agree with this. You know, we've we've done a really um, great job of not defending ourselves.
uh, to the public and the value of a college degree. Um, sure. Oh, my microphone's falling down. That's this is a professional podcast. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but the, but the you know we, the college degree, the value is being questioned, and it's questioned, and it's in articles, and the stats come around. Um, meanwhile, you know the surest path to economic mobility is still a bachelor's degree, but that doesn't seem to matter. Affordability is still an issue. We do know we have to fix things, and there's innovative models out there like yours, Jody Ace. But we don't tell the story of why you should still go to college. I feel like that's got to be when you think about John and your company. You know what? If off the top of my head, why would I hire you right now? It's to tell the story of the value, not only of coming to Lindenwood University, but why it's important to go to college still. Because we know people are debating it. I know you're seeing that too, Jordy, and you're probably hearing that, John, right? Yeah, I think I think there's a there's now with like the rise of, you know, YouTube and, and learning that you can get online, you know, for free, there are certain degree programs that some people think make less sense. Um, for me, I went to art school. Um, and, you know, I look back on that. And I'm like, I could have been an artist, you know, without going to art school and, and be a painter and stuff like that. But what I really got from what from the school environment was the mentorship. And I still have like opportunities opened, like doors opened for me because I went to this specific school, CCS in Detroit. Um, and they're, oh, you're a CCS grad. Oh, awesome. Yeah, let's put you in this show, you know, and and stuff like that. So there, there's there is a lot, you know, of, of value in in a in a college degree for sure that goes even just beyond like specifically what you're learning. And and yeah, it's important to tell those those stories because something like mentorship, you know, that's that's just pivotal, you know, connecting with these, uh, with professors in, in a way that's going to create like a lifelong, you know, valuable relationship there. Um, you know, stuff like that is, is a little bit aside from, you know, tactical things you're learning in the classroom, but, but super valuable. That's a fact. That's a fact. Jordy. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, it, I, I can imagine the videos, the stories that you're telling, they're, they're really helping your clients show the, the value of, of higher education and their institution. Um, it sounds like you're, um, when you're speaking to clients initially, you're helping them solve their challenges and they're very um, cognizant of that. Do you think you're dealing with the innovators in higher education that are um, you know, really trying to, to, to um, show the value and uh, communicate through stories or do you feel like um, it's the the sort of the standard way of operating it at this point definitely the innovators and and that's that's really um, the types of, of people that I seek to connect with are those that have realized just the typical like intuitive way to market something which is to say here's all the reasons why it's great and why you should buy it you know that's not always working you know and i think there are a lot of schools that are you know their marketing directors their um whatever are are, are saying like we've always done it that way and it's just not it's not going to cut it anymore especially with the enrollment cliff coming and, and stuff like that we need to be we need to really learn how to tell stories that resonate with people and and are going to resonate in this new era of digital you know everybody's scrolling and like it's you can't you know you're not just sitting in front of a tv anymore forced to watch five commercials back to back before you get your show back you know <laughs> it sure. really is everyone's got so many options and so i think 
uh, I think really I am, you know, working with a lot of the innovators that have realized that the old way of doing things is just not going to cut it anymore. And we need to, um, we need to take a more emotional uh, storytelling approach to marketing. For sure. And, and when you're working with the innovators, do you, um, obviously you can point to your other, other clients, but do you, do you find yourself showing them examples from other industries? Um, is that helpful to, to sort of tell the story or, or do you just sort of focus on the themes within higher ed? Um, I definitely bring in, you know, other industry examples um, that I've used to, to help solve problems, um, you know, with clients, because I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm working with them and trying to help them get results as well, you know, and um, for instance, I had a, a school, we just did a couple of stories they had for their capital campaign dinner, they have a big dinner every every night. And one of the stories they were they were trying to raise money for a new lacrosse field because the um because the current lacrosse field they're practicing on has like the ground is uneven people are tripping and falling and people are like walking their dogs through there and not cleaning up after them Yikes. and i put that in the video and she was like oh we can't we can't allude to that at the dinner Yikes. and i and i showed her this um recent one of my friends posted this burger king ad that had moldy just a burger covered in mold and the 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 ad was about like this is real food real food is supposed to get moldy but like the ad was so disgusting looking that it was just like captivating and so i sent her that and she's like all right let's do it uh and then uh and that's so interesting yeah and it, and it had and it worked i just talked to her the other day she was like yeah people loved it she's like i'm so glad we didn't cut that part out because it like it really solidified why we need a new lacrosse field. You know, it like helps people. How disgusting is that to play in that? In, in, yeah, in here's hundred thousand dollars sure. right now. Please fix that. Yeah, so I, I, no, it's true. Um, I like that a lot, John. And I also like that you do your own podcast too. Um, you want to pl plug that a little bit and talk to us about it and what you cover? Yeah, it's called Higher Ed Storytelling University, and it's, uh, as the name implies, we talk about uh, storytelling from a lot of industries. I have people from all kinds of industries come, and we we, we kind of try to steer it towards uh, uh, higher ed um, purposes. But, um, but yeah, we talk about storytelling, a lot of content creation, social media marketing, um, but really kind of vamping, like, keep focusing on that, like, how to do marketing differently and on a more emotional level. Um, so that's, we have a lot of guests on that, uh, come talk about that. So that's great. I encourage everybody to check it out. Jordy, do you have any final questions for our guests before I give him the, the final two to wrap up the episode? Uh, sure. Well, last question. Um, then, um, you mentioned the demographic cliff that's coming and I know that, um, you know, a lot of people talk about the differences between the generations and there's, um, you know, a, a younger generation. Uh, coming in, into college, and they've had a lot of different experiences through through COVID and in the, the last couple of years. Um, does that impact the the approach to storytelling to engage with either you know that that younger generation or older learning learners that are coming back to college? Um, coming, sorry, can you rephrase your your question? Well, I, I guess is it is it challenging? Do you find it challenging to really res have the stories resonate with? either that, that younger demographic of learner that are just coming into the traditional college, college age or the um, older generations that are, that are coming back. I would think they're, they're very different considerations to really yeah. resonate with, with the different age groups. 
I got you. Yeah. So, so yeah, the Gen Z crowd is definitely different from the uh, advanced degree, you know, adult, adult learner crowd. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the Gen Z crowd is um, they're looking for different things and they're, they're so sensitive to, to the, the attention span stuff, you know, you really have to hook them. But the interesting thing is once you do hook them, they will go down this rabbit hole of learning more and more and more about you. There's a great book oh, wow. called um, Instabrain, which is uh, it's called Instabrain Marketing to Gen Z. And I and I um, uh, got a lot of great insights from that about how they differ from in it from the millennial uh, crowd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is a different approach. I mean, in a, you know, really, we're not like I would say most of most of the schools that I've worked with so far tend to tend to be more the adult adult student crowd okay um yeah uh and so i have a lot of experience uh you know with that but um but i think you know with the younger crowd it might be something different that that really resonates with them and it, it might be getting them into sort of the funnel or getting them aware through something like tiktok or youtube shorts something more yeah. down to earth authentic before they're ready for the videos that we're making which are a little more polished and okay and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely definitely different um you know we do our best to know like what who the audience is and what the context is that they're going to be looking at at these uh from but uh but yeah so makes sense awesome. right. yeah, thank you John, what uh, what haven't we said about Unveiled? Open mic for you. Say anything you want to say, anything we didn't cover, anything you were hoping to say. And then uh, after that, tell us what you see for the future of higher education. Yeah, um, I think we've covered everything with with Unveiled. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just a subscription model. And then, you know, we've we've uh, especially last summer, we did a lot of commercials. Um, and uh, and so that's that's an, another sort of beast, a whole different workflow, and that's fun for us to uh, to kind of help innovate and come up with ad concepts with schools. Um, so I would say that, and we're actually starting to um, get into like a K through twelve space, um, kind of by accident, which is weird because because <laughs> uh, I've just had some some K through twelve schools kind of reach out to me and say like this 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 looks like something that would be useful like private schools that would be useful for us and I'm like okay um, you know so uh, so it's definitely um, it's definitely it's it's a fun it's a fun gig and it's and it's been useful in the education space in general um, future of higher education. Um, I don't know. <laughs> None of us do. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I could make up some really um, lofty answer for you. <laughs> but, more video, perhaps. Yeah, more more <laughs> video. Definitely more schools working with us. More people listening to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. No, I think it's. Um, I think we're. But I do think, at least in higher ed marketing, you know, we're really. Um, coming around to the idea that we don't need to be so polished all the time. Mm. Um, you know, the, the idea that we're this, we're this school, we're buttoned up and this is who we are, isn't going to really fly so much anymore. People aren't really going to resonate that with that all the time. You have a school like Harvard, Princeton, whatever, they're always going to attract people that want a high-end school probably don't have to do much you know they're always going to be happy people applying but some of these smaller schools um 
are really grappling with higher education, um, a, a more sort of like high brow form of education, but then marketing that on a down to earth level. I think there's that tension that exists right now. And I think, I think we'll see the scale start to tip uh, in, in the future as things like TikTok, the reach on TikTok and YouTube shorts and things like that is just incredible right now. I have a episode of the podcast that I did with um, uh, Rob Clark. He's his family is like this viral family. They're, they're all very tall. They're called that tall family. Um, and he does some consulting with, with higher education as well. And, and we're just talking, we had an episode just about just the insane reach that, that schools can get right now from those short form uh, vertical videos, which is, which is not currently what I do. <laughs> so, currently. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nailed but it. I do, but I do really like, I encourage schools, like do all that stuff, do all that stuff because, um, because that's going to get more people into, into your, your ecosystem. And then, and then when they're ready to pay attention, having something long form, that's like cinematically kind of produced like that is just going to, you know, hit the ball home. I really like what you said. That's a really unique answer uh, uh, about the, because higher ed is academic. And when you, when you get the whole academic speak going, it implies this, I don't know, aloofness perhaps. Um, but we're marketing to people who are, who are, you know, the struggle's real kind of thing. Yeah. Now, how do you get in front of them? And, and you can't, you can't go to those people and say, well, we're just, we've just got quality academic programs. It doesn't mean anything to them at when they're at that high funnel point. They're like, can I get into school and get a degree? They'll care later, but how do you get them interested in the first place? And that's something we struggle with, John, and we're glad you're out there. Before I let you go, I do want to uh, say thank you to my first time, but not last time, guest co-host today. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's Jordy Highland. He is the president at the American College of Education. Jordy, first time co-host, not last time. How'd it go? All right. Yeah, no, that was great. Thank you for having me. And uh, John, appreciate the discussion and learned a lot. So thank you. Nice to be chatting with you. You're my good guest today, <laughs> Yeah, my guest today, your guest today, here he is. He is John Azoni. I like saying your last name, John. He is the owner and executive producer at Unveiled. John, where do we find you and how can we learn more? Yeah, I'm at, uh, our website is unveiled.tv. And I like to joke that you have to spell it wrong to spell it right, uh, which is kind of ironic in higher education. Uh, <laughs> so it's U-N-V-E-I-L-D. And the only reason it's that way is because the correct spelling of unveiled uh, as a business name in Michigan was already taken. <laughs> so so, uh, so I said, I'll, I'll do like the Flickr thing, you know, uh, you know, F-L-I-C-K-R. Uh, anyways, it's unveiled.tv. Uh, we've got some resources. We've got a pricing guide that you can download. We've got a storytelling resource uh, that has that uh, three-part framework a little more further explained that people can download that and, and learn more about how we go about telling stories. Um, but I'm also very active on LinkedIn too. Um, so well, hopefully uh, we've told you a good story today with our combination of guests and hosts. And ladies and gentlemen, with that, you have just adopted experience element 451's engage summit conference this june and get ready to unleash the power of ai and higher ed marketing deep dive into how this emerging tech will revolutionize the education landscape from personalized student engagement to turbocharging your marketing efforts with ai these sessions are guaranteed to help you smash your enrollment goals connect with like-minded professionals explore cutting edge ed tech products and services and leave with the knowledge to supercharge your institution's growth don't wait register now and engage 
element451.com and seize your chance to lead the pack in the AI-driven education revolution. Use promo code EDUP50 for $50 off your registration. Now, what can you expect at AT23? That's Anthology Together 2023. Well, expect to look into the future, expand your network, and explore solutions with experts. You're going to hear from industry thought leaders. You're going to connect with countless opportunities and people representing different institutions across the globe. You might even get to test out some new tech and help drive future anthology technology. That's right, Anthology Together. Registration is open at anthologytogether.com. 